Hey all, thanks for checking out On The Bubble Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. The show you're listening to is 100% fan-supported, so if you do enjoy today's episode and you want to help us keep making them, check out patreon.com slash Joshua C. Liston. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Joshua C. Liston. And as we like to say around here, a share is as good as a dollar. So even if you can't support us financially, which we completely understand given the state of the world at the moment, we definitely appreciate a little sherry share on social media just as much. So thanks again, and now on with the episode. The network here in New Zealand that commissions the show, TV3, doesn't want to renew. They've been in financial strife for the last 18 months and don't have the funds to commission our sort of show. Unfortunately, the system for funding of drama in New Zealand is publicly based and this requires a network to commission. We don't have a network. The irony is, of course, that The Johnsons is being watched by far more people offshore than here at home, home being New Zealand and a very small pond. Our first two series go out on the air in the US this year. Who knows? If it was to punch above its weight, then some miracle might happen. But it would take a miracle. You've just been listening to my friend Josh R. Moore, the first of our mighty audio contributors for this episode, reading a Facebook update from actor and writer Tim Baum, who played Mike Johnson on TV3's The Mighty Johnsons. That passage was shared by Tim after the show was officially cancelled at the conclusion of Season 3. Today we're talking about what led to the eventual cancellation of The Almighty Johnsons and how the fans fought to keep the show going through both Season 2 through to the conclusion of Season 3. This is On The Bubble Podcast. My name is Josh Liston. For all of today's research notes, references, links, images, and all other things that I may happen to mention, on thebubblepodcast.com. Plus, you'll also find the names and contact details of all of our audio contributors to the show listed at onthebubblepodcast.com. Now let's talk some TV, some Norse gods, and a coming-of-age story based in New Zealand. Here we go. Before we dive into the specifics of the Almighty Johnson's Save Our Show fan campaign, for anyone out there that's listening to the show but isn't 100% familiar with the Almighty Johnson's as a series, I thought I'd just give a quick synopsis of what the show is about and why initially it was seen as a little bit of a quirky idea. The Almighty Johnson's is a New Zealand fantasy comedy drama television series which was created by James Griffin and Rachel Lang and was produced by South Pacific Pictures and aired from the 7th of February 2011 to the 23rd of September 2013. And the show originally aired on New Zealand's TV3. The show has since found cult success in the UK, Australia, where I'm based, and also throughout North America, as the show has been rolled out in ever-growing numbers of markets via Netflix, which is where I personally first discovered the Almighty Johnsons. And it was the quirkiness of the description of the show that got me to watch the show originally. And through my research, I discovered on IMDb, courtesy of a post by Anonymous, a description that sums up the show rather nicely from a fan perspective. 
and that particular description reads, quote, The Almighty Johnsons is a new South Pacific Pictures comedy drama series about four brothers raised in Heartland, New Zealand, who also happen to be the living incarnations of Norse gods. They even have their own super god powers? Sort of. It's just that their powers aren't actually all that powerful. Well, not yet. But that could all change soon. Unquote. So is that it? Is that all the show's about? It's a bit of a quirky topic. I know it sounds a bit funny when I read those things, that it doesn't sound like it's really a show. But it is a lot more than that, and the show got better and better as it went on. And I think just to give a little bit more perspective on what the show's about, I wanted to play a piece of audio from Emmett Skilton, who was the star of the show and played Axel Johnson, a.k.a. Odin, a.k.a. The Allfather, who had his own thoughts on what the Almighty Johnson's universe is all about, which he kindly shared with the Second Take YouTube channel. Shout out to the Second Take YouTube channel. We'll cut to Emmett now, just to get a little bit more of an idea of the universe of the Almighty Johnsons. Love the Almighty Johnsons. Thank you. Could you explain for anybody that hasn't seen it mm-hmm. what the Almighty Johnsons is? And... Sure, yeah. So the Almighty Johnsons is a comedy drama mixed with sci-fi show that came out of New Zealand about four brothers and their grandfather and their quest to fulfill this family prophecy. Yeah. Now, in most New Zealand shows would be a family prophecy would be to rob a bank or to try and get that job. Whereas for this one, their family secret is that they are all Norse gods and the family prophecy is to, for my character, Odin, to find another character, Frigg, and get married and then get full powers. So it's this really wacky show where you are thrown straight into the seat of my character's experiences of having these real awesome powers and knowing that they can be even better. So he's trying to seek help, he's trying to find this path or that path and to put it simply it's it's a coming of age story about a a boy turning into a man so thanks again to the second take youtube channel for that piece of great audio from the almighty johnson star emmett skilton once again who played axel the whole show was focused around his particular character and his journey and now i guess we have a little bit more of the lay of the land of what the almighty johnson's is and what it isn't so it's probably about time we dig into the fan campaign Now, what's probably most interesting about the Save Our Show fan campaign for the Almighty Johnsons is that it wasn't one concentrated effort. There was actually two distinct portions to the campaign, the first being at the conclusion of Season 2 and the second campaign after the official cancellation at the end of Season 3. So maybe let's start with the first campaign because many of the same individual features of fandom happened during both campaigns. And we can talk about a few more of the specifics of the season three to four campaign a little bit later on. So I think one of the things that really defined the season two fan campaign initially was the mood of the cast and the crew and the showrunner, James Griffin and his writing crew. They were caught a little bit off guard by TV3. They thought they were creating something really good and had an emerging audience both in New Zealand and much more so outside of New Zealand. The piece of audio I'm about to play now, which was from the Lesser Gods podcast, shout out to those guys, features James Griffin sharing his feelings on what it was like to first hear about TV3's plans to not continue the Almighty Johnsons into a third season. And it should put us in the right place for thinking 
This is how the person who's most responsible for the creative future of the show, if it goes ahead, this is how he was feeling about the impending cancellation as it was happening in real time. When season, at the end of season two and uh, through the commissioning process of season three, when it almost didn't happen, um, I mean, I was, I was completely ropeable then. I was, I was, because that was done in a, in, a, in a bad way. It was done wrong. It was done without communication. It was done just, you know, it was just a textbook how not to do it from the point of view of the creator of the show yeah. um, being left out of the loop. Um, and I was an angry man. And, um, uh, but now I've, I, I think we've created a body of work that, that um, I'm, I'm proud of. Um, uh, yeah. You might have caught in that audio there that James Griffin mentioned that season three almost didn't happen. That moment signifies where the season two to three fan campaign really started to kick in. So just for a little bit of a timeline, on the 6th of September 2012, various cast members from the show started to report via their personal Twitter accounts that the show would not be renewed for a third season, which was quickly confirmed officially by James Griffin that the show was on the bubble pretty heavily. So that really just fired all of the fans up And that started, I guess, the first of the fan protests to keep the Almighty Johnsons on the air and keep them on TV3. So there was a flood of tweets. There were new Facebook posts and pages getting created. There were handwritten letters and obviously all other manner of digital communication. That stuff came in like a tidal wave. So one of the more interesting moves that the fans of the show actually produced during this time was a more tactile analogue kind of approach to a fan campaign and that was called Send a Twig to TV3, which represented Yggdrasil, the mythical tree that was featured quite heavily on the show, and also it was a not-so-subtle stab at TV3, representing the branches of the TV universe that the Almighty Johnsons had started to reach, the same way that Yggdrasil is the tree of life and reaches out and connects all of the nine worlds. It was a very clever and sticky idea, and... I could imagine if there was physical pieces of twig turning up to the TV3 offices, they were probably starting to get really annoyed about that, but I think it's pretty obvious there's a real community of people out here that want this show to continue. So if we move forward a little bit, there was somewhat of a cliffhanger at the end of Season 3 where parts of the story appeared to have gone off with new branches. So when in December 2013, via radio announcement, from Radio New Zealand, TV3's programming boss officially cancelled the show. There was a second fan frenzy and fan campaign, which did many of the same things, just maybe because of the volume of audience that the show had managed to garner, both within New Zealand and outside of New Zealand. It was just more volume, more tweet, more Facebook posts, more pages dedicated to saving the show. They didn't have a physical analogue campaign with the Twigs again, but there was lots of references. Part of what was driving the fan campaign in the media was that they picked up a little bit of critical support, both within New Zealand and outside of New Zealand, and having done things like the Send a Twig to TV3 campaign in the past, gave those journalistic outlets that were writing about how the show was getting officially cancelled a little bit more fodder and a little bit more proof that these fans have been with this show for years. It's not just they're coming out of the woodwork now. 
So with all that said, it's probably a good time to go back and re-listen to what Tim Balm was trying to tell us through his Facebook page at the start of today's episode. A bit more perspective on the processes and the requirements of commissioning a show in New Zealand is more obvious now, and I think you'll get a little bit more out of that to re-listen to it now. Tim Page on the cancellation of the Almighty Johnsons post-season three. The network here in New Zealand that commissions the show TV3 doesn't want to renew. They've been in financial strife for the last 18 months and don't have the funds to commission our sort of show. Unfortunately, the system for funding of drama in New Zealand is publicly based and this requires a network to commission. We don't have a network. The irony is, of course, that The Johnsons is being watched by far more people offshore than here at home, home being New Zealand and a very small pond. Our first two series go out on the air in the US this year. Who knows? If it was to punch above its weight, then some miracle might happen. But it would take a miracle. You can hear from the way Tim describes the industry in New Zealand that commissioning a TV show of the genre and classification of the Almighty Johnsons is not an easy task. And one thing we saw between cast, crew and showrunners at the end of season three was a slight divergence in where everyone's mindset was as to how complete each of those people thought the Almighty Johnson's universe was. So I wanted to play two pieces of audio, one from showrunner James Griffin and the second from actor Emmett Skilton, where there's a noticeable difference in how complete each of those individuals feels the TV series was. They both would love to see a season four, I think, just the feeling that I get. But James does seem to come across slightly more content as to how complete he feels the almighty Johnson story is. James Griffin, followed by leading man Emmett Skilton. This, this might be a good time to bring up season four. It was, certainly a, it was certainly a question that was asked a lot by those on Twitter and on Facebook. You know, as things are, what, what do you see as the chances of us getting a season four? Um, um, for, for a season four to happen, there needs to be a, a sequence of... of uh, decisions need to be made. Um, uh, the first decision, really, um, is that um, uh, TV3 decide that they want to commission uh, and to put their money into a licence fee for a fourth season. Um, their money for the licence fee, their money for the promotion, their money for all that kind of stuff. Um, that's quite a big commitment for them. Uh, and, you know, and how they measure their returns, be they in terms of raw numbers, be it in terms of kudos, be it, I don't know. I mean, I, I've had no no con- communication with them and I've, I haven't spoken to anyone from South Pacific Pictures who has, can shed any light for me. So I don't know the question for that. So that's the first decision that needs to be made. The second one um, uh, is then do, uh, well, I mean, are the cast all available? Um, because I wouldn't want to do it again if there were too many of the the core players had gone had moved on to, to bigger and better things, um, uh, and, and well, there were too many compromises to be made. For you know, you could have this character for so long and that character. I mean, so we're adept, but we're not that adept. Um, then the third uh, level of decision, uh, presuming that that everyone t- that those two boxes attacked would be, um, do we want another one? Um, really deep down. 
with the success that it's had overseas. Are you ever hopeful for another season or maybe a movie or something? Yeah, we... I know that we're all on board if it was to happen and I know that James, the um, creator, will will come to the party in a heartbeat if he got to write more. For me, as an actor, there's a lot of frustrated people about it, you know, um, audience and and actors and and crew. But for me, I was very satisfied. I, I felt that Axel, personally, had gone from where he yeah. was at the beginning to where he always planned, or we always wanted him to get, yeah. you know, which is in charge of his own destiny. And and being there by the end, I kind of, I was really satisfied. Yeah. But in a heartbeat, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't know what would happen with a season four, but, a, you know, a film or a, or a telly feature or a Christmas special would be a, a joy. We did do the web series, yeah. um, Gods Among Us, which was... A really fun insight into Zeb's point of view, yeah, <laughs> which is the, the roommate, my roommate. If you haven't seen it yet, and uh, that that was a fun time to shoot. Yeah, that was, was that weird. during season three or was it? It was just after season three. Okay. Um, I yeah, I think it was. I can't remember whether season three had even aired yet, but it was after shooting season three. Before we finish up for today, I wanted to share what I think is probably the most engaging and surprisingly tactile ideas that the almighty Johnson's fans came up with during the Save Our Show fan campaign. And it's actually one of the cooler ideas that I've discovered so far, researching multiple shows simultaneously for the On The Bubble podcast. And if anyone's familiar with the almighty Johnson's, you might know how important beer was to the relationships, the storylines, and a lot of the sets that the show used. Beer was a central feature of the New Zealand character within the show. The fans really latched onto that perspective and created a campaign called the Make Your Own Odin's Ale campaign, which had a mountain of support, including from Emmett Skilton himself, and it was actually a process of creating a Odin's Ale beer using some of the assets and the instructions from the group behind the Save the Almighty Johnson's Facebook page. I'm going to leave you with the instructions read step-by-step in audio from performer Silver Fox. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining me for this first return episode of the On The Bubble podcast. I'm still feeling my way back into this more narrative-style show. It's been a while. I think I've finally found the right tools to be able to produce the show regularly. So if you're back and you've been waiting for 12 months for me to come back, possibly, or maybe never come back, and you've stuck it out in hope, I just wanted to say thanks, and I'll be back pretty regularly from now on. So take it away, Silver Fox, and I'll talk to you all soon. How to make your own Odin's Ale. 1. Fill your sink or a bucket with hot water. Put an empty beer bottle in it and leave it there for an hour or two. 2. Remove the beer label if it doesn't work. Empty the sink, bucket, add new hot water and leave the bottle in it for another hour. 3. Dry your bottle. 4. Print the Odin's Ale label and cut it out. 5. Glue the back of it. A spray glue will work amazingly, but a standard glue stick should still do the job. Paste it on the bottle. 